Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, welcome back to another episode of Crosses and Graces. My name is Peter Holm, and today we're going to be talking about meditation on the passion of our Lord. This one I think is really important, especially in these times of difficulty that we're all facing in the world. So uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some really cool stuff. Now, before I get started, I'm going to ask you all, please subscribe to the Restoring the Faith channel. Thank you again for having them host our videos. I appreciate it. Let's make sure also check out the Ecumen channel. Like this video if it helps you. Please share it if it helps you and you think it could help other people. And make sure to put comments down below as you, you kind of are inspired to do so. So I can help you with any of the other questions you have. Um, if there's other topics you want to look at, um, yeah, we'll take whatever you got. So, all right, without further ado, the passion of our Lord. This is a really important meditation for all of you, okay? Now, when we look at the great doctors of the church, Francis de Sales is one that comes right to mind. He's really big on meditation, okay? And I know Teresa of Avila talks a lot about in the interior castle. There's a lot of union that we're trying to get with our Lord through our prayers and meditations. Now, uh, by that same token, we have people like Anne Catherine Emmerich. So suffering the stigmata um, was able to see many visions about our Lord. The Passion of Christ, so the movie that Mel Gibson made, that one is actually based on her visions. So right here, I threw in some of the actual shots from that movie. Why? Because one of the things I don't think we've actually contemplated in enough detail is the amount of suffering that our Lord endured in his passion. Now, the agony ends when our Lord finally exclaims to the Father. So Christ exclaims to the Father, let this chalice pass away from me, not my will, but thy will be done. From that moment until his death, that is the passion of Christ. That passion is an immense amount of suffering that few of us truly contemplate in depth. Now, the rosary, the sorrowful mysteries, handle that period from the last part of the first decade all the way to the fifth decade. And this is if we go and look at a lot of the meditations that are attached to the beads. I'll make sure to include a link on the video here so you can actually follow along and see what I'm talking about in terms of the, the bead meditations because they're really helpful. Because let's go and set ourselves in that moment, kind of what Anne Catherine Emmerich sees with this whole series of events. So late at night then, in the garden, our Lord has already sweat blood, accepted what's going to happen to him, and says it's time. And goes to the front of the garden as the soldiers from the temple, the temple guard, come up to apprehend him, to take him to Pilate's house. Now, Anne Catherine Emmerich sees him being handled very roughly on the way to Pilate, on the way to Caiaphas's house. Excuse me, Caiaphas is where he goes first. And then, as he's going to Caiaphas's house, he suffers a, all manner of. Again, they're they're roughing him up, so he ends up hurting his feet. He gets thrown off a bridge. 
this is all stuff that she witnesses, but then start looking at how did he feel in this moment? This is the man God, our Lord, being beaten up and treated roughly for something he didn't do wrong, all because he came down to give truth. And he starts feeling this pain. So by the time he reaches Caiaphas' house, he's already bruised up. His feet are already cut open. And he's shackled. The back and forth all happens. He gets hit a few times. There is an imprisonment that happens in there. He ends up having to go to to, uh, Pilate's house. After Pilate talks to him and tries to send him to Herod. And Herod mocks him and it's weird. He ends up going back to to, uh, Pilate again. All this back and forth. People lying the whole time. All of this build up to the scourging. He gets scourged. These are cats and nine tails. Pieces of metal on the end of a whip meant to grab the skin and pull it off. Cut it open. So you're talking about open wounds now. And he received a death sentence in terms of the number of lashes that he was supposed to receive. Now think of how painful that would be cutting your flesh down to the bone to be whipped on the front and back of your body. And this is the amount of wounds that our Lord is suffering before he's even been crowned and before we even get into the cross. So how painful would that be? And then they mock him by throwing his garments back on only to then rip them off again to throw on the purple garment as they're going to mock his royalty before they shove the crown of thorns onto his head to cut his head open, more blood. All the while not breaking one bone, because if we read in the Old Testament, the only way the sacrifice would be valid to the Father, not one bone was allowed to be broken in the body of the sacrificial lamb. So our Lord doesn't have one bone broken. However, his muscles are torn to shreds, at least around what was scourged, and in terms of the, the nails at the end. It's terrible. Absolutely atrocious. And the thing is, you're talking about this is all happening then from the morning on is when all of the major infliction of wounds and the blood starting to shed. So you're talking hours and hours of this. By the time he makes it to Calvary then, he's already had to carry a cross from the center of Jerusalem out to Calvary. How painful is that? And he tells Padre Pio, so our Lord tells Padre Pio, all the wounds that he suffered, the most painful wound that he had to deal with, was the grinding of the cross on his shoulder. That is another meditation. Just like the holy face devotion, just like the rosary, these things are contemplating the pain of our Lord and what he suffered. And since not all of us are going to get the stigmata to know what that pain feels like, we probably should take time to meditate on this. Because when he gets nailed to that cross, that had to hurt too. And then he hung there until everything started to collapse and he dies at 3 p.m. on Friday. So you're talking from about 11 o'clock and... Thursday night after his meal, after the garden, until 3 o'clock on Friday, you're talking that period about is the passion. So what is that? 14 hours of suffering? The movie we see is only two hours, and we watch that from the comfort of our own homes. And as difficult as it all is to watch, because of all the pain inflicted on an innocent man-god, our Lord, we don't stop to contemplate 14 hours excruciating pain that was given for us and what's worse is that that's 14 hours of all the things we did to him because every sin that we commit we contribute another lashing to him another rock in his foot another thorn in his head another hammer of the nail through his hands and feet
we do that. All because we didn't want to appreciate what he had given us. We didn't want to look at ourselves and say, are we actually following the commandments of God? Are we doing everything that he told us to do? Because every time we commit one of those offenses, we sit there and we unjustly punish our Lord and contribute to that pain which he suffered. And I know often there are people who have stopped for a minute and they're like, man, what would I do if I was there? And people think about if I was an apostle or if I was whoever. Did we ever stop to think, let's say we were an apostle. What would have ensured that we weren't Judas? Because every sin we've committed only then reinforces why if we would have even had the luxury, the privilege of being appointed an apostle, what would have kept us from being Judas and failing? And Father Wolf talked about this in a homily that he gave one time, talking through the notion, the idea that every person we look at, that we look down on, those people could live our lives better than we live it. And we... If we had their graces and their difficulties, we would have done it worse than them. Which means we have no reason to be prideful to anyone. And we look at everyone in that Bible story and realize like, there's no reason we would have actually been on the good side and more reason to believe we would have been on the bad. And how many blasphemies did our Lord hear in 14 hours? How many lies about him did he hear in 14 hours? How many different sins were witnessed and listened to by our Lord in those 14 hours? And everything we do only builds on that and makes it worse. Now, how do we go and make this better? All of us should be sitting there and meditating on all the amount of pain and all of the evil that was actually done within that period. And remember, it was done for us and he didn't need to do it. He chose to do it out of love for us. So what do we do? Can you stop for a minute and think about it and say, maybe I should contemplate what not only the bad, but then look at it going, can we join in with what St. Simon the Cyrene did and help our Lord bear his cross and say, I want to have that pain. I want to go with our Lord to Calvary. I want to be with him the whole time and feel that pain because I deserve it. Because all of my sins inflicted upon him only make it so that this is the only way we can make it right. We're going to meditate on this and we're going to be with him the whole time. I want to be like Veronica and comfort our Lord and wipe his face. I want to be like Mary Magdalene and our blessed mother and wipe up the blood. I want to be like Joanna and be at the foot of the cross waiting there with him. I want to be like John the evangelist and be with him the whole time. Or even like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea who were helping to take care of all the affairs, making sure to get his garments back and prepare to actually have our Lord buried. Have we thought about all of this? Because if we didn't, we're missing out on all of the opportunities we have to avoid sin. Because if we're really scared of sin and we're really repulsed by sin, that comes with our understanding of being repulsed by what happened to our Lord on that cross. Because we did it. We should be absolutely disgusted by the fact that humanity would do that to our Lord, to a perfect being who did everything in his entire existence for us. He gave infinity for us. And what did we give him back? We gave him scourgings. We gave him thorns. We gave him nails. We crucified him. We blasphemed him. We calumniated him. He suffered forever and not one of us could ever bear all of that weight. But he did. 
and he's still giving it back to each one of us. And if it had only been one of us, he still would have given it. Are you doing enough to contemplate that reward, that gift and what he has given us? Are you doing what needs to be done to earn any part of that by uniting your will to his? And are you ready to give of yourself to go on your cross on that road to Calvary and be crucified with our Lord out of love for him, out of atonement for all the wrongs of the world? And as everything is going to hell in a handbasket, are you ready to be Catholic? Not just in name only, but for real. Because if you are not willing to go and suffer like he suffered, and you're not willing to go and atone for those sufferings and not acknowledge our part in all of those wounds being inflicted, then you are this close to hell. You are this close to not being Catholic anymore. You are this close to falling off the narrow path that leads to the narrow gate into the wide path that leads to destruction because you're not willing to go and just suffer what he suffered for his glory because the rest of the world's going to convince us discard the cross don't worry about it you're fine everything's cool do you think you're okay do you think you've thought about this meditated on what that entire passion meant not only to him but also means today to him and also to his apostles to all of those saints who witnessed it have you contemplated what it is to them? This should be a meditation that in all seriousness, regardless of what devotion you use, you could do a lifetime of meditation on this and never scratch the surface in terms of what our Lord did for us with all of his sufferings and all of the blood shed, all of that pain and suffering. Are you with me to sit there and say, let's atone, let's meditate on the crucifixion, on the scourging, on the crowning with thorns, on the entire passion? Are you willing to meditate on that and give back and suffer with our Lord? I invite you to come with me and continue those meditations, all right? Tuesdays and Fridays and the traditional rosary meditations, that is what we do on those days. It is the Sorrowful Mysteries. And then during Lent, every Sunday, more meditations. And to be perfectly honest, whenever you want to, meditate on it. I would also encourage you, if you do the Divine Mercy Chaplets, use the Sorrowful Mystery meditations in that devotion and it actually ends up being way more valuable to continue to contemplate the crucifixion the passion every part of it all right this is something we need to do if we want to avoid sin and make this world better because right now it is not ready <laughs> it is not ready for our lord and it is not in a good place you want to help me get this better you want to help me make it fixed do something so that we can atone amend our lives this is how we do it meditating on the passion of our Lord. All right. So hopefully that was a helpful episode. Hopefully it was insightful and gives you a little something to, to do. That's absolutely something our Lord wants to see of us do. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. So again, please remember to subscribe to the Restoring the Faith channel, the Ecumen channel, like this video if it was helpful, throw comments down below, I'll answer whatever I can. And uh, yeah, thank you again for your time. Uh, may God bless us all. And uh, as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right, thanks. Have a good one.